The following is a message from the pulpit of Parkside Baptist Church in Mesquite, Texas, led by Pastor Mike Wells. Genesis chapter 7 and verse 1 again, the Bible says, And the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou and all thy house into the ark, for thee have I seen righteous before me in this generation. Then you see in verse 5, as we read a moment ago in Genesis chapter 7, And Noah did according to all that the Lord watch it, commanded him. And so this is the story of that which is Noah, recorded uh, in our Bible for us to look at, for us to consider, for us to be able to learn from. You know, there's many invitations that God has given in the Bible uh, for man to be able to come to Christ. Many invitations that God has given in the Bible for man to be able to understand the simplicity of the gospel. Many illustrations that God has given us in the Word of God for us to be able to understand the true and only way to heaven is through Jesus Christ. We understand that this is the very first time that we have that which is an illustration given to all mankind whereby a person can understand how vitally it is important to be able to trust God and God only as that which is giving the way of salvation. In the Bible, as we have many invitations given uh, from the very beginning of that which is the book of Genesis, as we'll study here in a moment, to that which is the closing book of Revelation. It thrills me to be able to see that God has never given up on man. It thrills me to see that God has always given invitations all throughout the Bible for man to be able to come to him through Christ. We see here the very first gospel invitation given. Uh, uses the word come. Uh, we'll notice the word come is mentioned 1,972 times in our Bible. The very first mention of the word come is mentioned in Genesis chapter 7 and verse 1, where you'll see that God uses it as a command but he also uses it as an invitation. Here he's talking to Noah, and he's telling Noah about what he's supposed to do by coming into the ark and bringing his family. Therefore, they are to come into the ark to be saved from that treacherous flood that was going to destroy all mankind. Before Noah uh, and his family could ever be saved from that which was the devastation of the flood, they had to commit themselves to accepting the Lord's invitation to come into the ark. And let's study it if we could. Statement number one, there's the sanctuary of this invitation. The sanctuary of this invitation. Notice it, Genesis chapter 7 and verse 1 again. The Bible says, and the Lord said unto Noah, come thou and it says in all thy house into the ark so he says to come into the ark there's the sanctuary of the invitation the ark if you would please an unusual site no doubt in the ancient mesopotamia area as it sat there uh, 450 feet long 75 feet wide 45 feet tall as a preacher and his three sons get together and they work on this ark for 120 years and as they work on this ark for 120 years the Bible says that during that time that Noah was a preacher of righteousness and so uh, there wasn't a day that went by that I could imagine that Noah would not come out and preach that which is uh, righteousness unto the people and God uh, thought it wise seeing Noah uh, that he was somebody that lived by grace and obeyed God uh, you would see that he labored and so God is going to do something very 
very special for Noah. Here, they've never seen rain before. Here, they've never seen a flood before. Can you imagine what the people thought as they saw this uh, contraption called a uh, huge boat, if you would please, uh, an ark uh, being built? Why in the world would you build something on dry ground, um, rain? We've never experienced that before. We've never seen the flood. And so these people, no doubt, thought that perhaps Noah had lost his mind, but yet, uh, even though the world may look at you and judge you the same and say that uh, you as a Christian have lost your mind, it's always better to obey God. Here, just like today, the world was filled with unrighteousness. The world was filled with wickedness. Genesis chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. You'll see that there was a lot of wickedness and unrighteousness that was prevailing all throughout that which is humanity. And God said, I'm going to draw it to a close. God said, I'm just going to go ahead and bring judgment. Uh, by the way, God still judges sin today. Somebody says, well, I'll tell you what, I can do what I want and get away with it. Oh, no, you cannot. Uh, God still judges sin today. You say, well, uh, I think I'm doing pretty good. How much more uh, could you do? How much better could you do with God than you are without God? Can I tell you that God is the one that blesses man? God is the one uh, that gives to man. God is the one that protects man. God is the one that watches over man. God is the one that delivers man. When man stands by himself, the Bible says that the arm of the flesh shall fail you. You're not supposed to trust in your flesh. Well, somebody says, well, I'm pretty good, and I've gotten this far all by myself. If it wasn't for God this morning, may I remind you, please, you would not be able to breathe. If it wasn't for God this morning, you'd not been able to get out of bed. If it wasn't for God this morning, you'd not be able to think. If it wasn't for God this morning, you'd not be able to move. If it wasn't for God this morning, you'd not be able to do all the things that you've done this morning because God has been good to you. Amen. Now, may I say, because God has been so good to you, we ought to uh, sit up and pay attention as to what God has to say, the way that we ought to love Him, the way that we ought to serve Him, the way we ought to put Him first. Why? Because He deserves that and so much more. Here the earth was full of sinful activities. Uh, man is doing nothing but that which is evil deeds. Man is thinking evil. Man is practicing wickedness. And in Genesis chapter 6, verses one, or verses 11 through 12, you'll see that man is ruining that which is the very creation of God. And God uh, was looking at man all this time. God is paying attention to man all this time. God is uh, uh, watching man all this time. And somebody says, well, I'll tell you what, preacher, I can do what I want to do. And it doesn't matter because God does not see me. Oh, his eyes careful over all the earth watching man and everything that he does, whether it be good or bad, God can see it all. Genesis chapter 6, verses 6 through 7, you'll see that God's solution to this is I'm going to destroy mankind. And so God uh, had made up his mind that he was going to destroy mankind. But as he looked down, as his watchful eye looked over that which is the course of that which is man walking, he saw one man. One man. One man that said, I'm still 
going to live for you. One man that said, I'm still going to put you first. One man that said, I'm still uh, going to uh, treat you like you deserve to be treated. One man that said that I will practice righteousness and I will practice holiness and I will practice that which is the right thing to do. And it doesn't matter what the neighbor does and it doesn't matter what the friend does and it doesn't matter what the relative does. And God, according to Genesis chapter 6 and in verse 8, uh, the Bible says that he saw Noah and that Noah was a just man and God extended grace to that which is uh, Noah. Why? Uh, because Noah was a man that kept God first and Noah was a man that believed God, if you will. Genesis chapter 15 and verse 6 mentions another man by the name of Abraham. The Bible says here about Abraham that he believed in the Lord and he accounted it to him uh, for righteousness. Oh, not because of his activity, but because of his belief. You know, the Bible says over, if you'll turn to it and look at it, over the book of Romans chapter 3 and verse 23, here's what our Bible says, uh, for uh, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. It says, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God has set uh, to be a perpetuation through faith in his blood to declare his righteousness, it says, uh, for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God. He said, oh, wait a minute. He said the way that a person becomes righteous was that uh, which is by faith through the blood. Uh, it's not by being baptized. It's not by being good. You can be baptized till you get waterlogged and float to the top, if you will. But uh, that's not going to take a person to heaven. Uh, you can take and try to keep all the Ten Commandments that you can find both in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. But uh, my Bible says, for by grace are you saved through faith that not of yourselves, it's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And so the Bible teaches that it's only through Jesus Christ. Here Noah, if you will, uh, was commanded by God since God is going to destroy all that which is unrighteous. God is going to destroy all humanity Humanity, uh, and that was not uh, being submissive to his will. Uh, God said, I want you to build an ark, Genesis chapter 6, verses 13 through 22. You'll see here that God commands all the creatures. Uh, somebody said, how did God get the big giraffes in there? How did God get the big elephants in there? How did God get the big hippopotamuses in there? Who said they had to be big? Could have brought little ones. Uh, can I tell you this, uh, that God's plan uh, is always a good plan. Uh, God has the answers to everything. And so here God instructed Noah to build that ark. And you'll see uh, in 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 18 through 21, that you'll see this, that you'll notice that uh, Christ uh, is that which is also pictured in the ark. You'll notice this, that uh, the substance was there. Uh, you know, God, in instructing Noah to build that ark, he used gopher's wood, and he used that which was cypress. Virtually indestructible, was durable, and would not rot like other wood. Uh, this wood was a picture of humanity, if you will please, in the Bible. Uh, you'll see that it's a picture of the humanity of Jesus Christ. 
you'll see that Jesus Christ was cut out, if you would, to provide that place, that sanctuary, if you will. And so uh, just looking at the ark would also be a picture of Jesus Christ as in Jesus Christ we are secure. Uh, you'll see that uh, there was the substance. You'll see that security. You'll see that uh, uh, after the ark was built, constructed, if you would, that it was covered with pitch. You know, you and I, as we study our Bible in the Old Testament, you see the word atonement. Uh, that uh, would, uh, if you would please, uh, a picture of Christ coming in the form of man and a picture of all humanity. You know, we can't get to heaven by ourselves. There's no way you can merit heaven. There's no way that you can perform a task great enough to get to heaven. But the Bible says as the ark was covered with pitch, uh, so must the atonement of Christ uh, take place, if you will, by his shed blood. Uh, you'll see that there's the shedding of blood that is an atonement in Leviticus chapter 17 and verse 11. But you also see in Mark chapter 10 and verse 45 that Jesus died. But you and I cannot have salvation just because of the death of Jesus Christ or Oh, no, no, the Bible says in Romans chapter 5 and in verse uh, 9, it says that we're justified by his blood. He shed his blood for you and I. He paid the debt for you and I. Now, thank the Lord that he didn't go to the grave and stay in the grave. Thank the Lord that he went to the grave and God raised him from the dead. By the way, if you go to the grave of Muhammad today, you're going to find some dead bones. If you go to the grave of other religious leaders and cults, you're going to find that there's bones in the grave. Why? Because God did not raise them from the dead. Why? Because they are not the only begotten of a father. There's only one only begotten of a father, and that is Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God. That's why we preach it from the mountaintops. That's why we get excited about it. That's why we run buses. That's why we pass out tracts. That's why we send out gospel preachers. That's why we support missionaries. That's why we use a Bible. That's why we teach Sunday school classes. That's why the choir sings the way they sing. That's why we have nursery workers. Why? It's all because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. You'll notice there's the size of the ark. The ark, as I said a moment ago, was 450 foot long, 75 foot wide, 45 foot high. Uh, that is uh, uh, 3 million cubit feet. Can I tell you that God made no mistake. When God uh, built the ark through Noah, even the very shape of it looked like a coffin. Think on it. Noah is entering in with his family into that which is likened onto a coffin. When uh, we enter into that which is Christ, he died for us, he was crucified for us, he was buried for us, he rose for us, and Noah now takes his family and he has to die to himself. He has to rely only on that which is God for survival. He has to rely only on God's provision to be able to take care of him. And just by entering into that which is the coffin uh, or, or that which is the ark, it looked like a coffin. Uh, its structure only had one door, one window, uh, three stories, if you would please, high. Uh, uh, the picture, if you would please, of that which is the ark, there's not many doors whereby you enter into Christ. No, no, no. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. He didn't say, I'm one of the ways. Uh, can we understand this, dear friend? 
Uh, it's not that you get saved by one of the ways. It's not just, you say that this is not a big day. Why are you preaching salvation? Because uh, this is the first invitation that God gave. And as we look at this invitation that God gave, uh, the invitation has never changed. There was one door then. There's only one door today. When a person receives Jesus Christ as Savior, hey, can I tell you, and they enter in, you'll see that God shut the door. God shut the door. Uh, man did not shut the door. God sealed you in. When you receive Jesus Christ as Savior, you're sealed in by the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. You can come here this morning and say, Preacher, I got saved, but I don't want to be saved any longer. Oh, too bad, so sad. Uh, once you receive Jesus Christ as Savior, you are saved forevermore notice there's one window uh, Colossians chapter 3 and in verse 2 God admonishes us to look up why did God put a window in the upper deck to remind Noah that hey there's better days ahead just keep looking up we were, we were on the, uh, 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 the cruise, you know, the, the church was so kind, and of course our men had to pay uh, a percentage of it, and our church voted to pay a percentage of the price for them to go on a cruise, and, and so uh, they did their part, church helped out and did uh, something special for them, and be able to send us on a cruise. You know, on the way back, we had a storm. Now, you know, you're in the middle of the ocean, I saw this other ocean liner out there, and I said, boy, this reminds me of the, that's where I got the sermon. <laughs> I got the sermon on the boat. Started on the sermon on the boat because it reminded me of the days of Noah. I mean, there was no land in sight. Now, he didn't see another cruise liner out there either. But uh, as we were uh, going across that water, and uh, it was, uh, uh, you look, no matter where you saw, you saw water. Now, to a person like me that swims like a rock, I just pray that we make it all the way. But can I tell you that as Noah, uh, if he would have been able to look out, if God would have put that window on the lower deck and he would have looked out, his heart might have fainted. One of the, one of the, uh, one of the waiters said this. He, we asked him, said, what's the, what's the most difficult cruise you've ever been on? He said, well, he said, when I was going by the Bermuda Triangle, he said, we hit a storm. He said, the waves came up to the fifth floor. He said, the boat was rocking this way and that way so much that when it went over, it almost went completely on its side and then it came back up. I decided right then and there, I'm never going to visit the Bermuda Triangle. <laughs> now, can I tell you, listen, here's what we do understand. We understand this, that God was the one that pitched the boat. Uh, God was the one that sealed the door. God was the one that put the window in the upper uh, exterior, if you would please, of that third floor. The Bible says here, this is noteworthy, that not only uh, did uh, God uh, make the shape correct, uh, but God put substance in it. Genesis chapter 6 and verse 21, you'll see that Noah was saved by the ship and was satisfied in the ship. You know, I, I, I worry about Christians. I worry about Christians, that you're saved, but you're not satisfied. Uh, when I got saved, God satisfied me. You said, but I don't have the house that I like to have. You're not supposed to have uh, joy because of your house. 
You're supposed to have joy because of Jesus Christ. Amen. If you're always walking around sucking your thumb, makes me wonder uh, uh, if your thumb is going to last the enduring trip of the sucking. Can I tell you that Jesus Christ is the one that satisfies? Why do you walk around looking like you're half dead? Why do you walk around looking like God is dead? Why do you walk around looking like God doesn't answer prayer? We have a good God this morning. I said we have a good God this morning. And God is the one that uh, saves us. And God is the one that gives satisfaction to us. If God had not instructed Noah to build the ark, uh, a picture of God's grace, Noah never would have survived. But because God instructed him. By the way, when God saved you, God gave you a satisfaction that man cannot give you. Uh, uh, when God uh, gave you that which is salvation, God provided everything in salvation that you need in Christ. Uh, Noah was not going to go hungry. Noah was not going to go thirsting. Uh, Noah was going to be completely satisfied in the ark. But notice the schedule of this. You know, when I, when, when, when I studied this out, I got excited. Because here you see something in Genesis chapter 8 and verse 4 that it was right on schedule. By the way, does that surprise you? Uh, the ark came to rest on the 17th day of the 7th month on the Hebrew calendar. That's, uh, pay attention to this. So the seventh month is the same as the Passover, the seventh month. You know, when Jesus uh, offered himself up uh, for that which is sinful man, it was on the 14th day of the seventh month. Three days later, he rose from the dead, the 17th day. Uh, so God said, hey, I'm going to show you. Uh, mm, that's good stuff. Because uh, God said, uh, during that Passover, during the seventh month, uh, that's when, uh, by the way, the Passover was taking place when Jesus was giving himself to that which is the full crucifixion. And, uh, and when Jesus gave himself on the seventh month, uh, it was on that 14th day. And wait a minute, but when uh, the crucifixion took place three days later, if you will, and Jesus rose from the grave, uh, you'll see that that is the 17th day and on the 17th day of the Hebrew calendar is when the Passover would be complete and can I tell you, God scheduled everything to remind us in the Old Testament and remind us in the New Testament that God is still in control. Amen. You'll see there's the supply. The Bible talks about Noah. Noah's name, if you would study it out, means one word, rest. Rest. How in the world could you be in the midst of the storm and rest? You remember Jesus being in the midst of uh, storms, if you will, and they would find him in the hinder part of the ship, and he was asleep and calm as a baby and was resting. You know, a person, as they put their total trust in Christ, they rest. I'm saying this, statement number one. There's the sanctuary of this invitation. Statement number two, and the last two points I have here are very short, and so stay with me. Don't look at your watch. You make me nervous. <laughs> there is that which is the sovereignty of this invitation. Watch this. Uh, uh, we're back in Genesis chapter 7 and verse 1. The Bible says, And the Lord said unto Noah, Come thou and all thy house into the ark. And so the ark was not Noah's idea. The ark was God's idea. If God never would have created the ark, Noah would not have existed. He would have been 
uh, annihilated. He would have been destroyed just like everybody else. Genesis chapter 6 and verse 8, the Bible says, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. So God, through his grace, uh, preserved that which is the bloodline of Noah, whereby Jesus Christ would eventually come. Can I tell you, uh, he told Noah exactly what to do. He gave Noah an invitation. God's grace saw that ark, and God, if you would please, prepared that ark during a, a, a decimal time, during a time of death, during a time of darkness, during a time where men would deceive others, where doom was that which constituted the entire earth and the contents of it. In God's sovereignty, he said, I'm going to help you to be able to make it through by my grace then lastly you'll see this I said the sanctuary of the this invitation the uh, sovereignty of this invitation watch this uh, there's the security of this invitation look at verse 16 we're in Genesis chapter 7 and I'll complete it with this thought Genesis chapter 7 and verse 16 the Bible says and they that went in went in male and female of all flesh as God hath commanded him, and the Lord shut the door. I want you to see a couple of things. The Bible says this. The Bible says that God uh, told Noah, come. Okay, so my children, are, when they were younger, playing in the other room. And I'd be sitting maybe in a chair or something, and I'd call one of their names out, and I'd say, come. I'd call their name out. Uh, Joshua, come. Jared. Come, Rebecca, come. Now, the reason I said come is I wanted them to come into where my presence already was. You realize God was in the ark before Noah got there? He didn't tell Noah, go into the ark. You'll be safe. Oh, no. No, no, no. God spoke out to Noah and to his family, and he said, come. God stayed with them all the way through the turbulent times all the way through the trouble all the way through the problems all the way through uh, uh, the water uh, all the way through and then later on uh, God uh, tells Noah uh, the big difference in Genesis chapter 8 and verse 16 where God says to go forth so first he says to come that when the when the ark had landed uh, when the ark had cleared all of the dangerous spots then God says to Noah, go. So God stays with you through all the problems. Amen. You notice that he shut the door. He was in control of the door. Amen. Not you. He was in control of the door. He sealed the door. He sealed the boat. You know, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 30 that we're sealed unto the day of redemption. Amen. We're sealed. That's why a person can't lose their salvation person says well I'm saved but uh, sometimes I don't feel saved well I know married people say that too <laughs> well I'm married but sometimes I don't feel married I've heard people say that doesn't change the fact that you're married well I'm saved but I'm not always happy well that's not God's fault you choose what emotional level you want to live on but God doesn't change his word 
So as a saint of God, I'm sealed unto the day of redemption. The Bible says uh, in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 3 that uh, he has sealed Jesus. Listen to it now. Jesus is sealed inside of that which is man. When you receive Jesus Christ as Savior, uh, you receive Christ as your eternal life, and that is sealed. It's sealed. I, I, you know, I just can't... <laughs> Sometimes I think we need to take a holy dose of what we have to enjoy our trip. My, my, uh, the butlers rode with us when we went down to uh, the cruise and we kind of uh, partnered together. And uh, I, I said, look, I've already paid for a parking spot. Did you pay for a parking spot? And I asked several of the staff guys, too, and they'd already worked out stuff. And so the butlers rode with us. We went down together, and they rode in the vehicle, and I drove down, and then he drove back so that I could uh, study and prepare even for today. But can I tell you that uh, as, as we drove back, uh, that big truck that I have, we felt very, very secure. You know why? Because there's a little bitty motorcycle was running beside us. We felt very secure. There were a little bitty cars running beside us. We felt very, very secure. You know how Noah must have felt, even though he was in the midst of a turbulent, no doubt, sea, with the water, because, you know, things were moving. And he didn't have stabilizing arms that went under the boat like many cruises do that keeps it stable. You know, they have those arms that go out underneath the boat to keep it safe. He didn't have that. Can you imagine that thing going back and forth? Or would it have? Because you see, wherever God was, there was the calming of the sea. I think God was the stabilizer. But for those of us that are saved, sometimes we like the rockiness. You know, in our day and time, I'm just being very honest with you, I find more drama kings and more drama queens than I've ever seen in my life. Everybody panics over everything. <laughs> What's wrong? I saw a spider. <laughs> so step on it. Uh, hello? Uh, I won't say anything about cats this morning, but I'm saying this. I'm saying that Noah was kept safe inside the ark, not because of Noah, but it was because of the power of God. First Peter chapter 1 and verse 5 talks about the very power of God. God raised Noah above his trouble. If you'll do your Bible study, you'll find in Genesis chapter 7, verses 19 through 20, that he was raised 25 feet above the highest mountain on the earth. 25 feet above it. Uh, you'll see this uh, in the book of Romans chapter 5 and verse 20. The Bible says, where, grace, uh, where sin doth abound, grace doth much more abound. God was raising him above his troubles. You'll find out that that boat, because it was pitched, uh, you'll find out that, that probably there was little seasickness because as it was pitched, it was sealed completely. And may I say this, may I say uh, that the cargo was safe. Uh, you don't read in your Bible where any of the animals got sick and threw up everywhere. The trip was stable. 
Why? Because God was in the midst of it. Hello. I'm saying this. I'm saying that God gives an invitation still today. Still today. I remember when I uh, received Jesus Christ as my Savior, and I walked down the aisle, and I made what they call a profession of faith. In other words, I told people what I did. I wasn't ashamed of Christ, and that I received Christ as my Savior. Can I tell you, uh, that was a peaceful day. Sometimes I'll go to the dentist, not because I want to, <laughs> but because I'm human, and humans are frail, and sometimes you have to. And I don't care for people that deliberately bring, bring hurt. I remember one time I was in the Philippines and I was sitting in a chair. This really happened to me. This really happened to me. I was sitting in a chair and he leaned me back and I said, well, aren't you going to like shoot me with something? He said, I'm sorry, I'm out of that today. He said, but, but you only just have a small cavity. I'll drill just a little bit and we should get it. We'll be okay. And I said, that's because I'm sitting in the chair and you're not. <laughs> he said, preacher, you can trust me. He said, it's not going to hurt. He said, honestly, he said, I won't lie to you. You're a man of God. He said, so you just kind of relax. You know, and you're already tense, you know. I mean, you are. Well, at least I was. You're probably not. You're probably just, hey, drill on, baby. It's okay. <laughs> but I was already tense. I mean, I'm holding on my hand, my palm of the hands are sweating on those chair, you know. I mean, I've got sweat that's starting to curl up on my chest. And, and, and he said, it'd be okay. It'd be all right. It'd be okay. I said, all right. Started to drill, and he didn't stop anytime too soon. And all of a sudden, I felt an ouch. He'd hit just a little bit of a nerve, and it was like, mm -mm. He said, you okay? I said, mm-mm. And he ignored me. And he went just, now, now, now when I go to the dentist, I say, I want to know, are you pain free? Are you pain free? You know, and uh, one dentist said, you're asking me that because you're a sissy. I said, no, I'm asking that because I'm a wise man. <laughs> but can I tell you this? Uh, there was no pain that I read about in my Bible for those that was on the ark. I don't see one time Noah complaining. I don't see one time Noah's wife complaining. I don't see one time the children are complaining. I don't hear about any animals getting loose and went wild. Nothing. You know why? I'm going to tell you why. Because God was in the ark. He said, come on to me. God does the very same thing this morning, my friend. The invitation started then and has never ended. It's still the same. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Thank you for joining us today. For more audio or video content, you can visit our website at parksidebaptist.org.